We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Oh, boy, June is here. Welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima Experience Summer Weather Extravaganza. It's going to be great. Uh, you are still here. I am still here. You're so clever. and <laughs> I'm glad you don't have to get your eyeballs checked or right, get right, your right. VA prescription updated because I'm here in Hollywood. And these are my newest VA glasses here. We're still in the Hollywood Legion Theater at American Legion Post. 43 here in Hollywood, California. We're still sitting in these comfy seats and uh, we're still doing Siskel and Ebert. Two thumbs up. All wait, right. Wait, wait, I have something. What? Isn't there something you want to share? Because aren't your no. elections? No. No. Oh, we're just going to move. Right. We're going to move right along. Okay. But I'm going to do local Later. post politics. Uh, but we have, we have a great show today. We really do. We have a great guest who I met here in this building. Uh, I didn't mention that in the I didn't mention that in the interview, but uh, met her here in this building, and it was great. She came with your friend Carrie Jeter. Yeah, uh, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Who was a former guest on the show, so we're giving a shout out to those people. And I feel like we should just jump right into this because yeah. we've got an interview to get to. But first, we've got a we've got a we've got kind of a heavy story. But uh, it's important. Yes. Um, so you have to forgive me. I'm, I'm doing my best with some of the names here. But this is in regards to the Russian soldier that was sentenced to life in Ukraine's first war crimes trial. Um, so, of course, you know, everyone has been has been just either glued to their TVs watching as, you know, this this war has transpired. Right. So. Um, yeah, a Russian sergeant, uh, Vadim, or Vadim, uh, Shishamarin, Shishamarin, excuse me. Shishamarin, Shishimarin? I'm Shishimarin? Yeah. Shishimarin, uh, 21 years old, was sentenced for killing of a 62-year-old man who was shot in the head in the village of a northeastern Sumai region in the early days of the war. Um, this individual, you know, was... <laughs> A was a, a captured member of a tank unit. He apologized to the man's widow in court. Um, his Ukrainian-appointed defense attorney argued, you know, his client had been unprepared for, you know, the violent military confrontation and the mass casualties that Russian troops encountered when they invaded. Um, and they, his attorney is basically, you know, would like to appeal, but uh, Ukraine civil liberties advocates um, have said specifically, and I, I'm going to paraphrase this, you know, an extremely harsh, harsh sentence for one murder during the war. Um, but whereas you've got British-based human rights lawyers, such uh, as Mr. Abrams here in this story, said that the trial was conducted with what appears to be a full and fair due process, including access to an attorney. Um, all things considering, it's, it's a really... It's... It's just so wild, like, you know, this individual is just, you know, a few years younger than I, and 
to be put in that type of situation. Several Se years younger. First of all, first of all, <laughs> speak for yourself, okay? Okay, let's just put that in perspective. But the thing is, it's like, this is just, I mean, obviously, like, he, he, killed, he murdered someone. He murdered someone, and understanding the whole, like, the whole concept of this war, right, it's just unprovoked. It's not... It's 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 a it's a shame, and it's you know I always think about how we're gonna be thinking about this like 20, 40 years from now. Like, what are the ramifications of this? Like, what will the history books say? And you know, this individual being the first sentence, you know, to life for you know Ukrainian war crimes. It's just I don't think this is. Well, I think better, I think there's you know? two different topics at hand here. Yeah. Sorry, One is I'm the confused. war. Yes. Itself. That will be judged in history. True. Uh, a historic thing here is we have someone going through a war crimes trial while the war oh, is okay. still happening. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That that's that's a, that's kind of a a different take on this, and it's warriors have warriors have credos, mm -hmm. warriors have ethos, and to do this. To just blatantly murder, I believe, a civilian, yep, a 62-year-old man just in the village, is not warrior spirit. No. Um, that is something brutal, cruel, and, uh, and now officially a war crime. And it's, it's a shame, really, that a 21-year-old was put into a situation, a scenario, probably some dehumanizing of the enemy, uh, which is right. what typically happens, and uh, felt yeah. some way like this was gonna be okay. Yeah. It's definitely not okay. So, I, I mean, I hear about stuff every now and then from uh, warriors of, of different countries. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get ashamed when it's an American service member that does it, uh, and and I'm appalled when any warrior does it because even our enemies we have a bond with, in kind of a the in what we do. Yeah, it's 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 wild to know that there this will not be the first investigation. This will not be the first trial. There's. Uh, you know, Ukrainian prosecutors are investigating thousands of potential war crimes right now, and um, I, I think that that more things will continue to, to reveal themselves to include, for example, the maternity hospital that was struck, uh, to you know, uh, Moscow's withdrawal from you know Kiev, you know, weeks ago, to mass graves that were discovered in streets, uh, you know, with with bodies from towns from yeah, I think it was Bucha, or Busha, Busha, excuse me. Um, it's just, it's difficult uh, with this many cases that are going to have to go in front of international criminal court. Um, it's, uh, it's intense. And I think we have to, we have to continue to talk about this. I know that um, there's also a lot going on in the home front here um, in the U.S. But, you know, internationally as, as service members, I, I think we're all a little, we're all concerned and we need to continue to be vigilant and understand what's going on, even though it might not be at our front door. So here we go. Um, Ukraine is, it's a situation, it's uh, regrettable, 
Um, mm -hmm. But we do we do think better of our warriors than this kind of an act, and mm -hmm. not just our warriors, any warriors in the world. So I hope we uh, I hope we say into the war and this kind of behavior soon. Um, I think I think we are I think we've covered that. Um, yeah. uh, if you want to dig deeper, we're going to have some things in the show notes. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to he be hearing more of these kinds of stories, and we're not going to talk about all of them. But if this was obviously the first one, and it was with a very young uh, person, and it involved life in a war still going on, so uh, we felt that was important to bring it up. But today, today, you've heard from the worst of humanity. Now you're going to see one of the best of humanity. We have a guest today, very distinguished. Uh, today she, we're going to be joined by retired Colonel Meryl Tingastall. She is the first and only African-American woman to fly the United States Air Force's U-2 Dragon Lady high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft. As a former naval aviator and Air Force combat pilot, Merrill has flown over 3,400 flight hours, including 330 combat hours in six different rotary and fixed-wing aircraft. She has been deployed worldwide supporting combat operations in Afghanistan and Iraq and military operations in South America, the Caribbean, and the Horn of Africa. Tinga Stahl is now a motivational speaker and has a keen interest in promoting efforts to increase women and children of color in STEM. She, she was, whoop, Tengenstahl is also a reality TV star, appearing on season two of the CBS show, Tough as Nails, and as a contributor for the Smithsonian Channel's Air Warriors, and as a commentator on PBS's Unladylike 2020, The Bessie Coleman Story, and as a technical consultant to Steven Spielberg on Bridge of Spies in 2015. Uh, Tinga Stahl has released a book back in October called Shattered the Sky, and we are going to be back after the break to talk with her, somebody who should be spoken to and about because she has honor and courage and skill and integrity. She has all of these things. And we're going to talk about her and all of these things and more after the break. He said it, all the things. Let's I, do this. I didn't say all the things. He did, twice. He said it again. Did I say Three all the times. things? Did I say all the things? Veterans, did you know that hearing loss and tinnitus are the top service-connected disabilities and that untreated hearing loss frequently results in social isolation and loneliness? Studies show that these issues, in turn, can lead to a host of other potential conditions. Staying connected with family and friends is so critical to our health as veterans. The Heroes with Hearing Loss program provided by Hamilton Captel supports veterans who face the challenges of hearing loss by providing solutions to keep us connected. Solutions such as caption telephone allow veterans with hearing loss to listen and read what is said over the phone, making it easier than ever to connect with those who matter most in life. And now, veterans can self-certify their hearing loss to receive a Hamilton Captel caption telephone and service at no cost. Learn more at heroeswithhearingloss.org. 
All right, as promised in our intro, we have a very special guest. Here's Colonel Merrill Tengestel. Yes. Hi, how are you? I must have did it right. Yes, how are you? We are so happy to have you on the show. We, we could probably do three shows with all that I'm seeing here that you've done, but we're going to try to narrow in on some things today. Maybe you'll come back at some other point. Uh, Ashley, you want to start out with our first question? Absolutely. So Ooh. we read off, you know, a very condensed bio, right? But Meryl, you're an impressive individual, okay? I was reading this bio and I thought to myself, like 3,400 flight hours, 330 combat hours and six different rotary and fixed wing aircrafts. Tell me how you got like that, um, how do I describe it? So, cause I, I'm really like, I commonly say all the things and I'm trying to like condense my questions. So bear with me, but tell me how like you got started within your military career and then progressed to such amazing accomplishments as an aviator. So, uh, I mean, it really started when I was about seven years old. I always wanted to be an astronaut. So I watched a lot of science fiction, in particular Star Trek. And uh, I, used, I used that show as the basic framework for me to, uh, you know, go on this journey to become an astronaut. So as part of that journey, um, I joined the military to fly because I knew that people who are in Starfleet Academy, astronauts, have to be pilots first. So um, I started out in the Navy. I, I wanted to do that branch of service for a couple of reasons. And uh, one of it is because at the time when I was doing research, I found that a lot of the astronauts were na naval aviators. So I decided, yes, this is the way I want to go. And uh, I embarked. So in 1994, I got commissioned in late uh, in September and started flight school uh, in 95. So um, out of that, I selected helicopters and my first fleet aircraft was the SH-60 Bravo. I flew that for about four years, left the community and actually went on to, I got picked up by, um, I got my next job, I was picked up to fly T-6s, which was uh, the trainer aircraft for both the Navy and the Air Force back in 2000. And so I became a T-34, T-6 instructor and ended up at Moody Air Force Base from 2001 to 2004, uh, instructing, flight, uh, instructing Air Force and Navy students. And at the end of that career, as I was ending, um, I still wanted to be an astronaut. I wasn't going to do in the Navy and the opportunity came to fly the U-2 aircraft in the Air Force. So I applied, got picked up and uh, uh, the rest is, uh, I guess, as you say, history in terms of my career. I, I started out in 2004 flying for the Air Force under the U-2 program at Beale Air Force Base. Wow. Um, I didn't know. Wow. Just it's, it's so interesting to know that like this all stemmed from your desire to be an astronaut. And I just, I, I wish I was that motivated when I was seven, because like, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to remember what I was doing when I was seven. <laughs> I, I was wasn't chasing thinking the about, ice cream truck. I yeah, <laughs> I was chasing the ice cream truck on my bike. Wait, slow down. Um, and you were just reaching for the stars, literally, and just ascending to this, this, this higher purpose of all the things that you want to do. And you've just manifested that in your entire career. And I mean, what it sounds is like just looking at this, this list of accomplishments that you've, 
continue to just challenge yourself, challenge status quo, all, all of the above to, to do what you love. And I, I find that incredibly inspiring. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Right, so you, I, you, you went to the Air Force and one of their mottos, I don't know if it still is to aim high. Uh, and you definitely did that with the YouTube nicknamed the dragon lady or is that the name of your specific no it's it's the name of the aircraft the u2 dragon lady so okay. um and you're the you know, first there's a saying in our in our community american woman to fly that say again and it says here you're the first african-american woman to fly that aircraft. yes so in the history the u2 has been around since 1955 so it's been about 67 years and in that history there have been um about 11 or 12 women to fly the U-2 in the 67 years. And I'm the, I'm the only black woman to have ever flown it. So um, it just says a lot. And it's already a small group of brothers and sisters in the community. We probably have somewhere around 1,100 pilots, take more or less. And in 50, you know, 55 years, that's not a lot. So there, it's just a small group of a small group of a small group. So, um, I'm incredibly honored to be part of that um, brother and sisterhood. I'm incredibly honored to fly that aircraft. I mean, it's infamous in a lot of things. Uh, you know, Gary Powers, it's known for since we're coming up on Memorial Day. Um, it's also, you know, the fact that the Cuban, you know, was using the Cuban Missile Crisis. Pretty much, you know, in almost six and a half decades, it's flown in every major combat, uh, every major conflict in some capacity, right? So it's an intelligence surveillance reconnaissance platform. And, you know, it's just the men and women are highly professional, uh, great at what they do, and the aircraft just is standing the test of time. So that aircraft has been around for a long time, and it's, it's special because of its ability to fly high altitude, right? Yes. So it flies at high altitudes. Um, it does, you know, just does reconnaissance. It's, I always say it's the angel in the sky, just listening, observing and providing near time real information to end users, which is if it's the forces on the ground or other places to help as part of that chain, um, military kill chain. So it's, uh, it's great to be part of that. Well, that's awesome. Um, we're, prob- we're really glad that you're up there and th- or that there are still people up there and that you were up there. I want to take your military experience, wrap it up, ship it out west to Hollywood and talk a little bit about uh, some other things that you've done. Now, some people might recognize you from TV appearance. Can you talk, can you talk about that? Oh, absolutely. A year ago, um, Tough as Nails aired season two. So I was a competitor on season two's Tough as Nails. Um, you know, Tough as Nails is a, re, a, a competition reality show, and they take 12 individuals from all walks of life in the trades, from steel workers to welders uh, to supervisors, and they usually take a military background, the backbone of America, and we all compete as teams and as individuals for prizes. And, um, you know, I was selected out of thousands of people to be on season two. It was definitely an honor. It was, it was great. It was... Um, it was hard, very hard. <laughs> and uh, I met some uh, great teammates that we are gonna be lifelong friends. So it was uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And I'm glad after my retirement life that I was able to do that. Um, it is definitely 
you know, set, shed a lot of light on what I, what I do. And I've been able to uh, ride that wave, so to say, and just uh, make a positive impact in other people's lives about it. So I, I, I'm grateful. Now, I'm going to ask Ashley a question. We've heard of Tough as Nails before, right? Yes, we have. Yes, right. we have. Do you, did you watch season three after you were done or were you too tired? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, season, you know, I watched season one. Um, you know, we had a veteran win. Season three, a veteran also won. So uh, she's currently, um, I think she's reservist, but I think she's, you know, she's pulled back a little bit to do some other good things. So Leah did. So, oh yeah, we've talked quite a few times. She's a, a great person. I haven't met her personally, but we've talked on the phone quite a bit and, and she's, uh, she's, amazing outstanding individual even though she's in the army I'm not gonna hold that against her you know she's a warrior. No, wait, you said you weren't gonna make fun of any branches <laughs> look uh yeah it, it doesn't happen when you talk with military people you know it's gonna come yeah. out you're right, you're right. So you, what one day we're, we're gonna all have to meet at leah's farm yes oh absolutely so many animals and they all with have the, fun quirky names with I'm the sorry. quirky names yeah that was amazing yeah. I recall so, that she was so excited. Oh, so anyway. continuing in the Hollywood side, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the reading portion of today's show because Ashley's the reader here and I'm I'm the Marine. I can make fun of my own, I can make fun of my own branch all day. <laughs> um, you've also done some you've also done some teaching, you instruct in the Air Force, but you teaching Hollywood. I see you were a technical consultant. So right. So um that was back uh in the when I was in the military. So uh, about 2004, um, Bridge of Spies, which uh, Steven Spielberg uh, movie, it was, it was really about, uh, focused on the lawyer who, um, you know, you had Gary Powers that got shot down and then there was another student that was caught um, when the wall went up. So it was, it was focused on the lawyer who kind of, was brokering the deal to get um, uh, Gary Powers back. So, um, and it started Tom Hanks, but part of that, um, DreamWorks came out to be a Air Force base for the last week of filming to do all the U2 shots. And I had the opportunity to be like the face of BL Air Force base and interact with DreamWorks and um, got to meet Steven Spielberg. Um, we had a little, uh, I don't want to say it wasn't an incident, but it was, uh, for me, it was an awkward moment because um, I, I told Mr. Spielberg no twice in a, in a, at a chase car, but it all worked out well. Um, you can find that story in my book, but uh, yes, uh, it, was, it, was, it was amazing to see this, this genius at work in his, in his, doing his skill, his trade, his, his craft, right? So it was great to see how he thought. It was great to ask him questions. It was just great to talk to him. Um, his birthday was around that time too. So we celebrated with him by buying him one of those military sh uh, sheet cakes that you get at the commissary. So he really yes. Winning. <laughs> yes. uh, I hope you didn't feed him MREs. For his, uh, no dinner. MREs, but I, I'll tell you, uh, Mr. Spielberg is a huge fan of military folks, so he was very gracious and generous. So it, it was it was one experience I will never forget. All right. So you 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 not just work. You didn't just uh, contribute to the screen. You contributed. Uh, you have contributed 
to people who are a little more advanced in their consumption of entertainment. And for that, I'm going to hand that over to Ashley because uh, she's very Air Force in that regard. All that reading and learning and mm -hmm. all that stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. All right. Well, that was your attempt at a compliment. I'll accept it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty avid reader. And unfortunately, I like, have this very philosophic, very studious way about me that Jeff loves to just poke fun at. Um, but, you know, obviously, this is a, you are an incredible human being. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I saw that, you know, you're being sought after for motivational speaking, and you're, you're doing all this amazing stuff. And, You've written a book and I'd, I'd love to hear more about it so I can add it to my collection of must reads. Uh, if you're not, if you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing the big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, October of last year, I came out with a book called uh, Shatter the Sky. Well, going to the stratosphere has taught me about self-worth, sacrifice and discipline and um, basically it is, it talks about my life from growing up as a girl in the Bronx to wanting to become an astronaut and embarking on this journey and setting my own way and just learning that to, you know, to, to really sum it up, to be successful is really, you have to embrace who you are and be yourself and, and be authentic in everything you do. Um, that helps you through, um, your journey. It helps you be a, a leader that gets their people and, and able to lead people in an effective manner. And, um, you know, it, it just takes a lot of stress off of trying to be someone you're not, because the only person you can really be good at is yourself, right? And that just takes time. And some people spend a lifetime trying to be someone else. And they, so they you know, they fail at it. And uh, so, you know, but being yourself you know, it has those things where people challenge you, make fun of you and try to make you feel that you're a one-off or you're different. But over time, you have to embrace those differences and make those work for you and develop your own way and your own swagger about it. And I talk about that in the book a little bit. So, um, you know, I hope that gets out to kids and young folks nowadays who maybe struggle with who they are. Um, they're influenced by a lot of social media, a lot of filtering, a lot of games and they go down a path that might be self-destructive. So um, this book is kind of humorous. It presents information in bite-sized chunks for you people out there that look at Instagram or TikTok and you can only consume 20 seconds of information. So <laughs> it's uh, a... <laughs> You're, you're not wrong. I have, we have, so I have made similar observations in the world and I'm like, really? <laughs> the colonel yes. called me out. Come on. Yes. Come on. So <laughs> um, it, it, it has that type of format, but it's also humorous in it. I think the reader, as a, as the reader, you'll walk away with some good life lessons and some, you know, tools that you might put in your toolbox, you know? So, right. I find that just to be so important. As you mentioned, you know, we, we live in a, a day and age where there's this constant compare and contrast yeah. and we're only seeing the positives and the things that we want people to see. And I do believe that, you know, look at like, you know, our youth, right. Like mental health and like 
that sound of decline for a lot of our youth, right? And I, I'm really excited to one, read your book and two, know that it's going to get in the hands of, you know, children and young adults who you're going to motivate to aim high. I am really excited for you. You know, writing a book is, I, I can, I can only imagine what that process is. And then when you get to the final product and then you're, it, it's out there and you must have such just pride in all of the things that you, you've done and you, you've have shared nothing but very like humility and just so humble about all these accomplishments so i need you, i colonel i need you to just be like i'm awesome just say it i want to hear it like i'm awesome i don't know doing it all look, first of all there's <laughs> one thing about pilots there's nothing short of ego when you deal with a pilot so mm. we got, <laughs> so yeah yeah i know uh I, I know I'm, I'm way cool. I keep looking off camera a little bit because my cat just puked. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> uh, the joys of the, the joys. joys. The joys of felines. Um, that's, just, that's just podcast life. I mean, yeah, that is podcast life. Usually he's he's sitting on my on my lap because he's like pet me and you can hear him purring into the mic. Um, but no, I think the stuff I... I've done is is amazing. There are times I wake up and I go, wow, you know, I, I'm living my best second life right now. So, you know, next Monday I turn 51. And you know, at 50, people are like, oh, you're over the hill. And I always say, I'm over one hill, but I'm ready to climb the next one. Oh, so, uh, I like that. I like that <laughs> a lot. You know, I so that's that's how I that's how I look at life. Like there's challenges. Let's go for this next hill. Let's let's do it. So Meryl, I've done not even a fraction of this. And I say I'm awesome all the time. So you go ahead and feel free to <laughs> brag on yourself and do what it is you got to do. Now, Ashley brought up a good point about you influencing the youngins of America today. Uh, can you tell us about the work you're doing with STEM and, and, and increasing education? So... So for me, I mean, yes, the youth, this book that I have, and you can buy it on Amazon or, or order it um, on demand at, at Target and other, and Barnes and Nobles. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I am a sailor, so never forget that. So I talk like a sailor at points in this book. So don't give this book to your eight-year-old, then they might, you know, I might get some reviews that are <laughs> less than a three. And uh, so, um, but I, I do work, so other than speaking at schools um, on request, depending on the school, and I, and I can't do all of them, but I, I pick and choose, um, especially if I'm doing a speaking engagement in another location, I'll try to do something virtual. Um, I do a lot of personal training. So I got certified as a personal trainer uh, once I retired. I did not go to the airlines after. It's just something I, it, it, something I never wanted to do. Um, I love all the heavy guys out there that do transport and all that stuff, but it just wasn't me. And through training and personal training and fitness, I try to motivate people. I, if you look at my, my Instagram accounts or my TikToks, you'll see me in the gym quite a lot. Like I'm a gym rat and I get paid for it. But what I, I love to do is I love to get young kids, especially kids in high school, I like to train with them. And then I like to get in their head at that point. And then we have these very candid conversations um, about their life, where they're going. So, um, you know, I enjoy that. I've, I've had quite a few 
you know, teenagers who have been my clients and, you know, my, the one that I really enjoyed the most was, um, he was about 12 or 13 when I first met him and he was with me for a couple of years, but he suffered from things like anxiety. He was, you know, just really in a shell and, and kind of struggling. And, you know, we did a lot of boxing and that kind of brought him out. And, uh, you know, he started blossoming into this great young man. And I mean, now he's, you know, 17 and stuff, you know, moving on. So I, I like to do that. I like to, um, you know, talk to, you know, the youth. Um, you know, yesterday in the news, we had some tragic events that happened in Texas. And I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't know what the forensics on that is about this particular individual. But, um, you know, we got a lot of a lot of kids that are lost and COVID that has isolated them has not helped at all. And these kids who are teetering on the edge, they're falling off. So like how, you know, I was thinking about this morning, how as older people, older generations, the Gen Xers, the Gen Zers, how do we use our platform or use what we do to help mentor and reach out to these people that are on the edge? Because in some way we should be able to do that, whether it's through STEM, whether it's through personal training, whether it's just through going to a school and talking about what you do and looking these kids in the eyes and seeing if one of them pops out at you as someone that might be on the fringes, you know, how do you, how do you do that? So I think you talk about that. I was just going to say, you do not trifle with frivolity at all at any point <laughs> of your life. I mean, I mean, your personal training, but you're saving a generation while you do it. It's like you don't just personal train. Hey, I just felt like working out and getting paid. No, there's a bigger plan. And uh, I, 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 no, I appreciate the the breadth of your why, because uh, that that stuff motivates you and and inspires others. So you are contributing to saving a generation just by having such a strong and uh, clear why about you. That's, that's my biggest takeaway from this. I'm giving away the takeaway. We normally talk about what you have been planted in us after you're gone, because we don't, we don't want to blow up a pilot's head too much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel okay telling you that this, that, that notion of the why I've, I'm finding as a common thread through a lot of people who do great things. There's a lot of people do good things. There's people who have accomplishments and there's people who have, but I'm talking about, there's not a lot of them that exude and uh, make greatness happen. And so, and your why is inspiring. That's, I'm there, I just said it. We don't have to do, we don't have to do the, we don't have to do the final block, super producer, Holly. I just gave it away. I just gave it away. <laughs> well, well, the, the cool thing is this, this weekend I got back um, late uh, Sunday night from a uh, air show in uh, Oregon, Hillsboro. And I, I went out there at the last moment. I was, I was selling copies of my, I decided to sell copies of my book out there and the uniqueness about this air show is that all the performers at the air show were women. So they had an F-35 demo, F-16 demo. They had aerobatic, uh, one lady, Anne, Anna, excuse me, from the Ukraine who was aerobatic pilot. 
doing her demo and all these girls, Girl Scouts, men, women, boys. Um, I went to do a signing, the 99th uh, Oregon chapter or, and um, hosted me out there. And, you know, I, I just went out there saying, okay, it'll be go great to go to an air show. I haven't been to one in years. And for the next two days, it was nonstop signing and talking to kids. And um, just getting a flavor and a sense for what kids did. Some kids knew what they wanted to do, some didn't. Some were, you know, taking a trip to the academy. Um, and, you know, the feedback that I got, one lady, she had her daughter uh, who was from Ethiopia, who she was like, thank you so much. She's always wanted to be an astronaut. And she saw you and she saw you in Tough as Nails. And like, I'll probably make a post about it because the feedback was so touching. And I'm like, that's what this is about, right? It's not about selling my books, which was really awesome, which I did love. And, uh, but it was also about like outreach and reaching out to people. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a good day. Ashley, you got, you got anything to, to wrap up your, your, I know you have 8,000 questions. I, I have so many, so many things. You know what, you know what she right hasn't now. said, Meryl? She hasn't peeled back the onion yet on you. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I have my turn of phrases and I adore them. And you're just jelly that my stuff is great and people adore me. Thank you. Especially um, that person in the mirror every morning. She loves you most. She does. That's absolutely right. Because that's absolutely right. Um, but Meryl, yeah, I, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm inspired. I... I know that you're going to continue to, to change a generation and inspire, you know, uh, you're going to inspire men and women, a lot, a lot of little girls, a lot of little girls to be the best version of themselves and to step out of that comfort zone and pursue the thing that sets their souls on fire. And you are a living, like you are a testament to hard work, discipline, making it happen. And um, yeah, you're, you're awesome. You're amazing. Oh, you actually you. inspired Ashley to say a compliment that didn't involve high speed, low drag. So I want to thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep some of my, my army drag. Like I'm trying to keep some of it out. Okay. I'm trying to be so, kind. I don't want to take any more slack for being an army gal. <laughs> so before you, before you leave us where you mentioned the Instagram and the TikTok. uh, I'm sure I'm sure super producer Holly's going to have those in the notes, but what is your, what is your at name? Okay. So, um, my, I always say my home platform, like my home base of platform is Instagram. So I'm dragon lady, seven, eight, eight. So I, we talked about the aircraft. We called the dragon lady because the difficulties, I didn't get into it too much difficulties and challenges to land the aircraft. So we always say you fight the dragon to dance with the lady. So it's, a. Uh, it's the thing. So Dragon Lady 788, 788Y, because that's my pilot number. So I'm the 788th YouTube pilot. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under Meryl Tengestall. I, I don't post there that much, but people reach out to me for speaking engagements and stuff. I, I've talked at a, a variety of big corporations. Um, and then uh, Facebook, Meryl Tengestall. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel, but it's I just post things sporadically on there. I do not have Twitter. Sorry, guys. I cannot micro tweet stuff. It's insane. 
Thank you. That's so refreshing. People <laughs> I don't have one. And I'm like, no, it's I, a I don't. Fire. I'm I, okay. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have the bandwidth. I will be, I will be a hot wreck if I got on Twitter. Plus um, the worst of humanity. I have a, I have a TikTok account, Meryl Tangestall. So if you want to see me dance poorly or do things with my kids, I, I have a TikTok. <laughs> oh, do you do the trending uh, choreography? Like, I so, sometimes I can't even do that, and I just go off. I just go off script, and I just do what I want. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think I think I can speak for the legions. Get it of uh viewers here that we got to go because we got to get to tiktok and and see the the kernel shuffle i think <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll see me dance a little bit and um you know <laughs> yes so tiktok but instagram is really where where i reside so i i love right. the people there all right ladies and gentlemen you know where to find her you can hit her up on the ig oh she's putting up the I finger got- and I got, uh, I don't, I don't. The index finger, the index finger, not the other No, yeah, 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 the index finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I forgot and on my website, MerylTengestall.com. Oh, Holly, super producer Holly is going to have that all up in there. So you, you can find her on every platform except Twitter. Sorry, sorry. Uh, who, who's it bought? Elon bought it or something like that? Not yet. He's still trying to. Oh, he's still trying not to buy yet. it. Sorry, Elon, you're going to have to do something to, uh, to get Meryl on your platform. But for you can find her just about everywhere else. Buy the book. Buy the book. Read the book. Share what you learn. Live that inspired life. For the rest of you alphas out there, we're going to be right back. The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We're in your community, supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people, and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. All right. Woo. That was some uh, high altitude awesome. And we're going to have to land just to get back down here where we can breathe like us normal people. All right, Icarus. Because she was up there. She was up there. What did you think? Uh, Meryl is an impressive individual. I was very inspired. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on a copy of her book and reading it. I think there's something incredibly impressive about her interest in just long-term impact and really providing guidance and the mentorship needed for the next generation. Uh, I believe that she is not only incredibly selfless, but maybe one of the most disciplined and high-speed women I've ever had the privilege of speaking with. Um, like I said, I, I felt so motivated after to talking with her. I went and followed her on Instagram immediately. And the first thing I see is like her Smithsonian channel, like, and like just giving this shout out and the love in the comments and the things that she's doing is, you know, it's just, it, it's for lack of, for lack of uh, all the words, uh, all the words, all the words. <laughs> all right. So who starts out at, at seven with their with their motivating uh, desire and actually sticks through with it. If you asked me what I wanted to be at seven, I probably would have said uh, a clown at the circus. (laughs) Or was I scared of clowns? I'll make sure to get you some peanuts. Um, So 
and she inspired me to utter something like, you never trifle with frivolity uh, because she doesn't. Yeah. She Everything she talks about has a bigger, a bigger picture, mm -hmm. uh, a very strong why factor to it. And she isn't trying to affect uh, just a little bit of the world. She's trying to affect generations, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think she's doing it. Agreed. But Agreed. for now, oh yeah, load them up, my friends, because we're going to go into the world famous or alpha famous rapid fire. Pew, 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 pew. It's much better to do in person. <laughs> All right, this is from Task and Purpose. Um, this is about the creation of a space national guard. All right, so reviving a year-long effort to place Air National Guard members working with the U.S. Space Force directly under the command of the military's newest branch. Senators Dianne Feinstein, Democrat from California, and Marco Rubio, a Republican from Florida, introduced the Space National Guard Establishment Act on Wednesday to correct a misalignment that has about 1,000 National Guard members working on space missions within the Air Force rather than the Space Force. The Guard troops are in 16 Air National Guard units stationed across eight states and territories. Without a National Guard component for Space Force, we risk losing many talented individuals who want to keep serving their country and their states after they leave active duty, and that is simply unacceptable. Creating a Space Force National Guard will also save money and ensure a smoother process in the event we need to activate personnel. Well, as a formal National, National Guardsman, uh, I can tell you that I enjoyed my time in the National Guard and I understand why this is an attractive need for Space Force. Like, I mean, I was an M-Day soldier, which is, you know, I'm a part-time person. And uh, it still gave me the opportunity to wear the uniform and for all of the reasons cited, uh, allowed me to, you know, be a part of my community, like one foot in, one foot out, uh, and uh, still continue to serve. So if, uh, if, if there is interest and this is something that's feasible and within our budget and all of our operational capacity, then, I mean, I'm not opposed. I mean, if it gives people more an opportunity to continue to serve and serve locally, I'm, I'm down for it. You know what I love? I have no quarrel. You know what I love? Bipartisan. Like, yeah. how often do we get to see... When is When are Dianne Feinstein and Marco Rubio ever going to co-sponsor a bill other than this one? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I applaud that. And, and, and to be able to get, I think, some of the talents that Space Force needs, uh, Space Force is going to be outbid by the private sector, but this would... This would be this would allow those people to make that money in the private sector uh, and still serve their country. So yeah. uh, I'm all for it, and kudos to uh, Senators Feinstein and Rubio for actually coming together and doing something for the good of the nation in a bipartisan way. Beautiful thing. Rapid fire number pew pew two. <laughs> now. 
I asked for a little help because I couldn't get into Teams, and I asked <laughs> Ashley to, uh, you know, give me a, a little summary, something a little summary on this. Way. It's basically two pages, so I'm not going to read all of it because what this is, is rapid fire. Such a good story. This isn't a long missile campaign, so we're going to go with why Marines <laughs> love silky shorts. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I kind of want to hear your take on this before we read it, but maybe after. Go on. Go on. <sighs> well, they called it short shorts, but we call them silkies because we're cool mm, like Terminology that. is important. We're cool like that. We were silkies, not <laughs> short shorts. In 1958, a band called The Royal Teens released a song called Short Shorts. And while the lyrics were at that time geared towards women in tiny jean cutoffs, it may as well have been the anthem of the United States Marine Corps. Since the 1970s, Marines have donned uncomfortably short shorts during their workout regimes. Known then as ranger panties. Can we say that here? Ranger panties? These incredibly small drawers were first issued to the U.S. Army Rangers as part of the PT uniform, hence the adorable moniker. Ranger panties are silky smooth, wrote Adam Clark Estes, who reviewed them for Gizmodo. The nylon tricot fabric is slightly stretchy and literally as soft as silk. <laughs> Unlike real silk, the lightweight fabric is extremely breathable. The shorts are also extremely short with just a two-inch inseam. Now I'm going to you want my take? Well, sure. I guess I, I put it in here. I should be fully prepared for your response. I mean, I'm not going to... These should never be worn without an undergarment. <laughs> if you are a person who is anatomically capable, let's just say oh that. Oh my God. A two inch inseam is not a lot of room for error. And unfortunately I have seen some <laughs> Marines who should not be wearing these without undergarments, exercising in these without undergarments. Uh, Marines, I, I, well, I don't think they're part of, I don't think they're part of the, the so, uniform anymore. So here's the thing. So as of 2011, uh, silkies had been banned for wear during physical training. While there was a spark of hope for the illustrious return as the Corps, uh, as the Corps uh, tested new physical training uniform options in April of 2021, it doesn't seem likely that the Ranger paintings will ever again be standard issue so um obviously you know there's still preference and they can be some comfortable workout gear for for those select and few who choose oh yeah because Please. when we were rucking and uh, super producer holly i'm sure she's going to put this picture up <laughs> when we were we weren't rucking we were no. when we were talking about people rucking at the boston marathon uh our former co-host and national judge advocate, Mark Seavey, wore the silkies. Wow, American. Yeah. He, they were all American, and Holly can't stop putting it up on the screen. <laughs> it's just, they were, it's a lot of, they it's were, a lot of leg and it's very patriotic a lot of leg, shorts. A lot of blinding leg, let's yes, just say we that. We could see him across the field. <laughs> it was true story. So how do you feel about the silkies? Nope, nope, you don't need to read any more facts. How do you feel about the silkies? Listen, I own a pair. I think they're really comfortable. I don't mind running in them, but 
I, uh, I would not wear them without something underneath. Like it's just, don't set yourself up for failure like that, okay? Um, I mean, I, I think they're comfortable. I think that when like, obviously you're, well, when you were doing the, uh, the Army physical fitness exam and stuff, obviously that's not something you, you want to be wearing. And uh, <laughs> so I know you like to do sit-ups. It's just not, I think the quote in the article was like unsightly and unbecoming or something like that. And it's just like, I could see why. All I know is those, those Marines and Silkies stole a lot of your girlfriends for a reason. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so I said extra. it. I said it. You're so extra. All right. Oh, I took your ending away. I know. So you can do it by memory. Hi. All right, Ashley, take us out. All right. So it's time, Alphas. So please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening to podcasts on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever you're getting your podcasts. Check us out and continue to leave us a five star rating preferably so leave us a rating and also know that you can suggest a guest and we do have a link that's located on our website for any recommendations you may have and that's at tango alpha lima backslash uh, what is it it's a uh, suggest a guest just go to just, tango just alpha go to, lima go to tango it's alpha on the page it's on the page you don't have it's the it's whole thing is there that's all right. I just want everybody to know that was Ashley <laughs> off script because I took it, um, and she still got through that. It's amazing. I know. I'm an impressive. I'm an impressive human being. Not as impressive as Meryl, but yeah. Or as one might think of themselves. But alphas, you are impressive. You are amazing, and we always appreciate you. Spread the word. Share the word. Let's make this the number one podcast of the American Legion. Wait, we're already that. We we're already that. that. We are the number one Winning. podcast of the American Legion. Let's aim for <laughs> bigger. Let's aim for bigger goals, and we want to take all of you with us. We can't wait till uh, a little later in the summer when we see a bunch of you at convention. Um, I hope we have a. I hope we have some surprises for your caps. I'm just going to leave it at that, um, and we will that will identify you as alphas, the alphas that you are. Mm. Yep, I just put someone on blast on the, <laughs> in front of the world, so if they're not there, you can ask me who to blame. All right, alphas, right thank you so much. And with that, I'm going to declare this super high altitude reconnaissance version of a show, Mission Complete.